I went to uh, Israel with Judy, and um, I mean, honestly, this is what I did for 10 days. You know, and and at the same time, um, the they're, they're teaching you, um, and and so it's like drinking out of a fire hose. So not only you're standing there going, but you're drinking out of a fire hose. And and I and I came home, you know, I I literally was just overwhelmed with the blessing, the sense of it. Um, but but I'm not sure I grabbed anything when I was there. It's sort, of, it's sort of like, you know, you can go to a store and you're so overwhelmed by it, you, you leave and you didn't buy anything at the store. Well, that's, that's sort of what I felt. And so we asked the Lord to give us a chance to go back again. And I went back the next year uh, a second time. And uh, now the second time I was able to, uh, you know, the, the shock and the awe of seeing the Garden of Gethsemane or seeing um, uh, the tomb where Christ had laid. Being on the Sea of Galilee, uh, going down to the Dead Sea, uh, all, all of those uh, experiences, the, the second time, now I was able to pay attention more to the details and take those details and dig deeper down into the scripture. And it just was life-changing. So um, that's what uh, Pastor Farrell is over there for in, um, in hopes of being able to, with, with expositors, set something up that... When uh, a young man graduates, he's uh, he, he's had that experience already. He's had that that blessing, and so pray for him, if you will. We'll pray for him in just a moment. In a moment. So, um, do I need to talk louder? Talk louder. I need to talk louder. That's the thing. Maybe I need to pull out my hearing aids. You know, I can't tell how loud I'm talking because I, I already sound to me like I'm screaming. But I'm going to ask you to talk to me today, and if I don't have my hearing aids in, then I can't hear you talk to me. So, um, growing old is just wonderful, just wonderful. It 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 beats uh, it, it it well. Never mind. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow. So uh, we usually uh, open uh, word reading uh, from a psalm, and um, that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to read Psalm 100. Um, I'm choosing that um, because this is going to be a Thanksgiving lesson, if you will. Um, we had a wonderful um, start to our Thanksgiving season, our holiday, uh, with a message that Tim Mashera brought on Sunday morning. And uh, looking um, at the, um, the, the priority of Thanksgiving... Paul's priority in Thanksgiving. I mean, we, we looked at that, and uh, he's got a three-point message, and I think the first uh, point was Paul's priority in, in prayer, uh, the, the, the Thanksgiving that was in the prayers of, of Paul, and he went over that, and then um, he transitioned to looking at, at in Paul's Thanksgiving, how he's being thankful for the fruit um, of of what God is doing um, through through His people, and so I eagerly anticipate um, coming this Lord's Day and getting getting the rest of that. But but I want to bounce off of that, if you will. You know, I want us to have. Um, I don't want to say deeper, but I want I want to add to that because do you know that not only Paul had a priority in Thanksgiving, but you know the psalmist had a priority in Thanksgiving. You can't go to the Psalms without seeing 
the, the priority of thanksgiving in Psalms. So I want us to look at that a little bit. And then maybe just talk as men practically. So how do we become um, more thankful uh, as, we, as we head into this, this season? So that's, that's really what I'm going to attempt to do. I'll give you a handout. You can uh, use that if it's of value to you. I don't know that we'll get through the whole thing. That's, that's not really my goal this morning. But I wanted you to have that. And those of you who have been with me for a really, really long time, how many people here, you would say, you have been with me for a really, really long time? Is there, all right, we've got a few. Well, you know, I, I can't teach without a handout, right? I mean, I, I, can't even, I can't preach without a handout. I don't know how to do those things. What, are those, what do they call those things? Power or something? PowerPoint. Power, PowerPoint? Is that what it is? A PowerPoint? Okay, but you've got to push buttons and all that. I, I just like paper. I love paper. I'm not a tree hugger. I, I, I use paper all the time. Okay, so you got paper today. So let's, with that, let's look at Psalm 100. What I want you to notice, even as we uh, open up and we go to that, that it says, a psalm of thanksgiving. You see that in the inscription? What can you tell me about the inscription? It's inspired. It's, it's inspired text. In, in fact, um, if you go to some um, countries that speak other than uh, English for their, um, for their national tongue, and they have the scriptures translated, they will include, most of them will include the inscription in verse 1. It'll be, it'll be part of verse 1 will be the inscription, where, where uh, oftentimes in, in our Bible, the way we have it, the inscription sort of sets up there by itself, that they'll actually include it in verse 1. So, there's a little piece of trivia for you if you didn't know that. Uh, anyhow, so um, it's, it's a, a psalm for Thanksgiving, and here's what's interesting about it. In how many psalms are there? 150. In 150 psalms, this is the only psalm that in an inspired way is specifically for Thanksgiving. Right in the prescription, it, it tells you what is this psalm for. This is a psalm for Thanksgiving. It's the only one that does that of the 150. And, uh, and, and this is a psalm really about worship. And you see, as, as it opens up, we, we, we worship the, the Lord in, in gladness. Um, and then as, as we worship him in gladness and consider who he is and, and all he has done, then that, that creates that, that gratefulness. So then we, we worship him in gratitude. And so you, you could break the psalm up that way, the first three uh, verses being worshiping him in gratefulness, and then worshiping him in, in gratitude. Tozer um, said, i got a quote here by him, God wants worshipers before workers. Indeed, the only acceptable um, work workers are those who have learned the art of worship. So God wants worshipers before workers. We're all getting ready to go out to work, and whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, we do unto the glory of God, and he wants us to be worshipers before, before we're workers. And, and you know, part of true worship is a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude. When we are full of gratitude, uh, 
then that is lifted to the Lord for um, all that we're thankful for. And um, a heart of gratitude is, is a person that has been humble before the Lord and just, just grateful. Uh, what, what can we do without the Lord? Absolutely what? Absolutely nothing. Um, I, I, I mean, apart from him, not only can we not do anything, we are nothing. And, and when we begin to consider all that, our, our hearts fill then um, with gratefulness, with gratitude. And, and when, it, when it fills with that gratitude, the, the scriptures are clear. Um, as we're learning from Paul on Sunday, and as I hope you'll see here, it's clear that that, that gratitude turns to worship to the Lord and uh, it, it is expressed to him and, and then eventually to others. So let's look at that psalm, Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Father, we're grateful uh, for this gathering this morning and that as brothers in Christ, we um, humbly bow before you and worship you. We desire to worship you in spirit and truth. Thank you for so great a salvation. Thank you for the freedoms that we joy here in this country that allow us to assemble like this without fear. Thank you that we have the word of God in our, in our own native tongue. Thank you that we can be part of this local church and what you're doing being part of the church that you were building here um, to take your word uh, to the nations as well as to grow in the, in the likeness literally fully into the stature of Christ. We pray you would grow us in, in the area of gratitude or, or gratefulness today um, that we might be people that um, worship you and that give you glory and Lord, that um, influence others um, by our very lives. And so grant us that help today. Be with our pastor. Put your protective hedge around him. Lord, bless his going and his coming. Give him favor with the authorities there. Grant him wisdom. Uh, Keep him from sickness and illness. And just give him favor Help him to have opportunities, Lord, of witness with Boaz. Open Boaz's eyes that he might see the glories of Christ and put away his pride and respond in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Messiah. And so, Father, I pray uh, to that end for our pastor and his trip, and I pray for us even as we gather here this morning. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving should be one of your favorite holidays, and I suspect that it is. Um, 
for us men in particular, um, we love Thanksgiving. And I think um, if I were to ask, why do you love Thanksgiving? Most of us, being men of course, would say food! How many like the food of Thanksgiving? Huh? We've got food. And, and then, of course, we love to be gathered around our family, right? But what's the third F? All right, you, somebody admitted it. Football, right? So food and family and football, rah, rah, siskumba. We love Thanksgiving. And, and that's okay. But, you know, you can get so wrapped up in the food and the family and, and, and the football that you forget what the holiday is about. And... and, and uh, we, we really don't grow in thankfulness. Or, you know, we, we all gather together uh, around the bird and somebody bows their head and we have a 30-second prayer giving thanks. And, and, and uh, you know, I'm, it, it's a holiday. It's, it's one of the few holidays that if, if, uh, if celebrated correctly is very, very biblical. And so, uh, you know, what, what I have to do is I have to keep bringing my heart back to um, how in this special time of the year can I grow in gratitude? Sort of push the reset button. Um, how can I help those that I influence push the reset button in the whole area of, of gratitude? And so um, I think that's important. I, I love this. Here's a little, here's a little ditty. Um, I don't have a video for you, so I'm your video. You ready? Here we go. May your stuffing be tasty. May your turkey be plump. May your potatoes and gravy have ne'er a lump. May your yams be delicious and your pies take the prize. And may your Thanksgiving dinner stay off your thighs. Thanksgiving um, trivia facts. Yes, I Googled this, and so this is as accurate as Google is, so I have no idea whether this is true. That's what I love about the scriptures. We know that's true. Who knows what Google tells you, but anyhow. So I, I say that as up front. According to Google, um, in the United States, we will consume somewhere around 675 million pounds of turkey for Thanksgiving. Now, that's a lot of bird. Uh, on the pie chart, uh, Thanksgiving pies, the, the two favorite are pumpkin at 28% and apple at, at 25%. And the average American eats six slices of pie per year. I'm thinking, I eat six slices of pie on Thanksgiving weekend. What about you? And, that, and it was funny to me because pumpkin would be on my list. I mean, I got to have pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. Is anybody else there? I mean, you know, like you got to have pumpkin pie, but I, I don't know why. Like apple wouldn't be on my list. Nothing wrong with apples. I eat, ap I eat some apples literally every single day. I don't know about an apple a day keeps the doctor away, but um, I eat an apple a day. So anyhow, um, what kind of pie do you like at Thanksgiving? Pecan. Pecan, yay! Yay for pecan. With, because it's so sweet, you're going to have a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top, and the pecan pie has to be hot, right? Yeah, okay, good. What else? Custard. Custard, yeah, homemade custard pie. Only us old folks know about custard, though, Steve. Probably. Yeah, yeah. You, you, young, you youngins don't even know what, you youngins don't even know what we're talking about, do you? 
Well, well. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's one other kind that I just I always uh, have to have on Thanksgiving. I'm just curious if anybody else is that. What? Sweet potato pie. Yeah, no, no, but but I like I, I like sweet potatoes. But to me, sweet potatoes goes with the meal. It doesn't go for the dessert. So, you know, pardon me. Shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. No, 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 no. Shepherd's pie. Shoe fly. Shoe fly. Don't bother. No, it's not shoe fly pie. What? Key lime pie? Key lime. I've been to I've been to New Zealand. I've actually spent a lot of time in New Zealand. No, not Zealand. Not 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 key lime pie. Uh, yeah, that's nice. I, I like. I, my mother used to make that. Yeah. Well, my my other favorite's cherry. Okay, so cherry, cherry. You gotta have cherry pie. Yeah, so you gotta have pecan, you gotta have cherry pie. A little custard is really, really good. And of course, pumpkin. So, do you know the popular song Jingle Bells was actually written for Thanksgiving? And uh, it's, a, it's, original, its original song it was written in 1857. Uh, its original title was One horse open sleigh and it's and it's more a song about heading to to grandma's house for for thanksgiving benjamin franklin again according to google was very disappointed when the bald eagle was chosen uh, over what he proposed and guess what he proposed turkey. the turkey you know he thought the turkey was original um U.S. bird, and that's what should represent the bird. Now, I don't know about you, being a patriot all these years, serving in the military, I do find it a little bit hard to think about the flag flying with a turkey on top of it. I, 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 I'm sort of glad we went with the bald eagle. How, how about you? But anyhow, any, that's, I thought that was interesting. Okay, the Guinness Book of World's Records, and I checked that to see if this was up to date, and according, again, to Google, this has not been beaten. Um, the biggest turkey on record was 86 pounds. I believe it was Tyson's that, that you know, to advertise that, they, they grew and they grew the bird. I guess they, they must have fed them pretty good. 86 pounds, and the whole deal was for charity. So then... It was auctioned off. This was in Europe. It was not here in the U.S. It was auctioned off, and the converted value in in English dollars or American dollars was $6,692. Somebody paid for that uh, record bird. So uh, anyhow, yeah, 86 pounds. The average weight of the Thanksgiving turkeys that we'll eat is 15 pounds. It consists of 70% white meat, 30% dark meat, and the first Thanksgiving here in the U.S. took place in 1621. So, anyhow, there you go. Thanksgiving. And, and, and we do want to look at the whole topic of Thanksgiving and see how it is that the, the Psalms uh, instruct us uh, in growing in 
ingratitude. Look at the top of your handout, if you would. And, and I just put a question there. You don't have to answer that. If, if somebody would like to, like to share a thought on that, I, I would love to hear it. But uh, I'd like you, as you go into this, think in these terms. How would you evaluate your life from a biblical thankfulness standpoint? As you understand scriptures and what has been commanded to you and what has been an example to you, what, what do you think uh, a thankful um, life should look like? And then how, how would you evaluate yourself uh, you know, uh, on that? And, and then, as you're thinking about that, because this is where I really want to take it from a practical standpoint, we're men here, and, and we should be leaders in the church, leaders in our home, leaders in the community, leaders on the, on the workplace. And leaders doesn't necessarily mean we have a title. By leaders, I mean we should be influencing others by our very life. And so we should be people that are full of gratitude. So as I think about how grateful I think I am, what then if I were to question my wife? What if you were to question your wife or your girlfriend or your son or your daughter, uh, your grandchildren? What about your boss or a, a co-worker? How, how do you think they would uh, evaluate your, your gratefulness? So, so you want you to think about that as, as, uh, as we enter into this. Obviously, most importantly, what does God think about our heart of gratefulness? And, 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 and that's why the study. We want to bring ourselves in line with the scripture, and we want, to, we want to grow. And so thankfulness in the Psalms. I'll give a little um, trivia, if you will, there. At least 11 times the word thanksgiving is used in Psalms, the specific word that's translated thanksgiving 11 times. Uh, additionally, the word praise, you have a, a, a grateful heart, and, and, and you give thanksgiving, and then uh, the, the thanksgiving is, is more of a gratefulness to God for who he is. Where praise then breaks out more for what he has done. Certainly we're thankful for what he's done, but we, we praise him uh, a great deal. And, and you see that in Psalm 103. So, so praise is an outflow of, of thankfulness. And when you go to the Psalms, whether, you, whether it's just the word praise or the idea of praise uh, him or praise the Lord, in the Psalms it's used at least a hundred times, the, the word that's translated. Then when you add to that throughout the scripture Psalms, you'll see um, the word bless, or it'll say bless the Lord, or bless his name, or bless his holy name. If, if you were to add them, that's at least another 23 times. And of course, there's other occurrences where, where it's obvious there's volumes of, of, of verses that then are, are showing us after, after it's laid out that we're to bless, how to bless, but no less than 135 times in 150 Psalms do we see that example or that exhortation um, for Thanksgiving. So just like it's predominant in all of Paul's writings, Paul can't write without thanking God and without thanking others. And the psalmist can't write without thanking God. Uh, it, it's predominant. It's, it's a priority. I'll give you um, a few examples here. Maybe you follow along. It might be um, helpful. Look at Psalm 18. 
in Psalm 18, you're going to see that the word translated thanks is um, used more times than in any other particular psalm. Uh, again, just, just trivia, but the, the psalm is uh, full of thanksgiving. But one of the things about Psalm 18 is the fact that um, it opens and it closes uh, the same. And I have a feeling that I wrote down 18. It's supposed to be 118. Um, I'm searching now. This is a teacher-preacher's nightmare when this happens, uh, folks. Um, let me see. Psalm 18. Yes, I meant 118. So make that correction. Psalm 118. Uh, it opens and it closes with thanksgiving. And so you see Psalm 118. It says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And right there is uh, is one of the reasons that we would give thanks to the Lord. Um, he has set his everlasting love upon us. He's the unchangeable God. If God be for us, who can be against us? And that that thankfulness. And look, that's exactly how this psalm ends. It's like bookends. Verse 28 says, You are my God, and I give thanks to you. You are my God, I extol you. And then in verse 29, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is, is everlasting. Look at Psalm 103, maybe uh, a more familiar passage when it comes to thanksgiving. Uh, probably most of you have, have, have um, memorized, I would think, the, the first two verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his many benefits. And then this, this psalm just lays out for us all the different ways the psalmist is thankful and is blessing and praising and giving thanksgiving to the Lord for all of the things that um, being a, a child of God, he has provided for uh, us. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. You go through Psalm 103 and you think, well, I mean, how 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 long am I supposed to thank the Lord? How how many things am I supposed to thank Him for? Um, and, and, and what a silly question. Um, your dad here, if your husband here, if, if you're an employee here. When was the last time you got tired of having your wife thank you for something? Or you, had, you got tired of having a son or a daughter or a grandchild thank you for something? When was the last time your boss thanked you for something and you thought, oh, I'm tired of that. That's enough. Stop thanking me. Ah. <coughs> Has anybody here ever received too much thanksgiving from somebody? No. Well, think of God who's perfect in all of his attributes and all that he has done for us, how would he ever get tired of his creatures being thankful and grateful? I have there in your handout, I love this quote from Matthew Henry. Be not afraid of saying too much in the praise of God. All the danger is in saying too little. All the danger is in saying too little. Look at Psalm 34. 
move there in your scriptures. I know, if you've got an electronic one, you don't have to flip pages, you just push a button, right? Psalm 34. An amazing, an amazing psalm. Think of the instruction that's here. Let it sink in to us for a moment. Uh, this is uh, the, the context here. Obviously, I don't have enough time to go into the context of all these times, but this is one of the most difficult times in David's life. David is surrounded. He's in the enemy's camp. He's in Saul's town. He's discovered. Saul wants to kill him. He's, excuse me, he's not in Saul's town. He's in Goliath's town. So, so they're not real happy with him, seeing as how they've killed their, uh, you know, their favorite son. I, I, I mean, he has literally the whole world against him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I would guess at least in a momentary lack of, of faith, he, he feigned being a madman. You, you remember reading all that? But, but regardless, I mean, in, in David's weakness, in his humanity, God delivered him from an impossible situation. And, and that's, that's sort of the background that flows out of this. And listen, listen to his words and think about the impossible situations from time to time we find ourselves in. And he says, I will bless the Lord at what? Say it loud. All times. How, how often is all times? I will bless the Lord at, 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 at all times. So when you get the flat tire, what, what will you do? Uh, you know, you're, you're starved. I, I mean, you are so hungry, you can't stand it. And you happen to be married here. You happen to have the blessing of marriage. And, and all of us men who have been married, I've been married next week, 53 years. That's grace. What a gift that God has given me and a wife, 53 years. Okay, what we're talking about here is inside stuff, right? So what happens at Grace and Granite stays in Grace and Granite, right? You're not going to believe this, but as perfect as my wife is, there have been a few times in 53 years when I headed home and I was so hungry I could eat a bear. And all I could think about was the fabulous meal that my wife was going to have prepared for me. And when I walked in the door, guess what wasn't there? Yeah. A great meal. In that time, what should I be doing? I will bless the Lord at what at, at, at all times. Is that my response? Is that how I is that how I look at life? I get nervous as a man. Like I said, this is inside stuff. I get nervous as a man, but I've learned. Okay, if I hear that my wife's going out to lunch, because women generally don't eat as much as men. So if my wife has a nice lunch at a, at a restaurant, yesterday she was going out with one of the ladies at the church. They were, they were sharing fellowship together around lunch. And so, you know, right away I'm thinking, if my wife has a good lunch, what's the likeliness that I'm going to have a good supper? Because she isn't going to be hungry. Huh? All right, now you're getting a, you're getting a marriage tip here. Even if you're, not, you're getting a marriage tip, you better take this down. You know what's better than coming home and not having supper? Is knowing her schedule and praying through the day with her. Judy and I pray through our schedules every day. I have carved out in my time 
an hour this morning while I will go home and I'm through with you in a meeting I have after this and I will pray with my wife and we'll pray through our schedule. She knows what I'm doing today, what I have planned to do today. I know what she has planned to do. So I know what she's doing. So I know she's going to go out. And so, uh, you know, that's the time early in the morning to say, I was thinking, what are we having for supper tonight? That's wisdom. Did you get that? Did you write that down? That's wisdom. Ten hours before supper, I'm already saying, what do you have for supper tonight? And do you know, that helps her be very much more effective having supper ready for me. But when she doesn't, that has nothing to do with the lesson. That was a marriage tip. Write that down and you'll thank me for that one day. But we're to bless the Lord at all times. I'm being funny, but I, I, I want it to sink. Only spiritual... Men recognize that we deserve absolutely what? Nothing. But we deserve less than nothing. What do we deserve? Hell. And when we get anything better than hell, bless the Lord at all times and let his praise be continually on my mouth. Read it. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Who does that? Who is this kind of man? He describes it. The humble. It's the humble. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. So, there certainly is a, a, a private sense of, of, of this kind of worship, this kind of attitude, this kind of heart that permeates the believer's life. But there's also the public. We're to worship and we're to encourage one another in this kind of heart attitude uh, together. As we see here, Psalm 34 Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones said, "I put that in the, I put that in the um, handout for you. The highest point of all worship and prayer is adoration and praise and thanksgiving." You don't have to turn there. I, I have them right there for you. Psalm seventy-five, another example. These are just a few examples. Psalm seventy-five, one says, "We give thanks to you, O God." We give thanks, for your, your name is near. Men declare your wondrous works. Your name is near. God is near. God's a near God. He's not a distant God. Psalm 46 says what? He's a very present help in trouble. God's a near God. And we should thank him for that. He hears the cries of the humble. He knows our every need. How grateful can we be? We call from heaven. Sometimes, not in very eloquent prayers, sometimes like Peter, Lord, save me! And he sticks out his hand and and he saves us. And sometimes very eloquent prayers like Solomon prayed when he's dedicating the temple 
Have you ever read that prayer? It goes on for a chapter. Um, but whether it's a, a long, eloquent prayer or, or, or whether it's a short cry of desperation, God is near. We should be thankful for that. He hears, he knows, he cares. Psalm 105, verses 1 and 2. Oh, give, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We should give thanks to the Lord because he tells us over and over, call on me. What good would it do if almighty God didn't want you to call on him when you needed him? What if he was aloof to you? What if he said, come up to me? None of us could get up to him. None of us would ever get help. We would all stay helpless and hopeless. But he hasn't done that. He's come down to us in the person of his son who paid the penalty for our sin that we might become the sons of God. We might be adopted into his family. We might be able to cry, Abba, Father. And as a child cries to his father, we can cry to our father. We should give thanks for that, that we can have that kind of a relationship with God. Do you have that kind of a relationship with God? I want you to know this morning, if you don't, he wants to have that kind of relationship with you. Something that's tender and intimate. The, the model prayer begins with our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven. The 23rd Psalm begins with, the Lord is my shepherd. There's a personal nature of prayer and that relationship. And for that, we should be so grateful. How is it that I, a sinful man, can have a personal vibrant relationship with the living God. That's an amazing, an amazing thing. And, and our hearts should overflow in, in gratitude. The psalmist do over and over again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. And speak of all of his wonders. Then you can just look how the how the psaltery ends. We sang 100, Psalm 150 uh, last week. What, what a glorious new song we're leaving, le- learning as we're we're learning the 150th Psalm. But the those those last Psalms in the Hebrew hymnal, they're just rapid fire praise songs, praise to the Lord, thanksgiving to the Lord. How much more should we be? We we see that that's the priority of the psalms. And just like is the priority of David, it should be ours. So, just some Thanksgiving exhortations. Uh, I gave you some quotes. I'm not going to bother reading them today for the sake of time, but uh, I I think they're instructive and um, in, encouraging, especially when you see some of the people like Anne Frank or or uh, Helen Keller uh, as they consider this whole area of Thanksgiving. Or, um, or gratitude. Um, there's some Elizabeth Elliot quotes that are just stunning um, as she's responded. Of course, she's in the presence of the Lord now, but responded to the killing of, uh, of her husband and the other missionaries that were with him by the Alka Indians. Response of, of thanksgiving. Uh, you know, a response of thanksgiving at all times is, is 
a response of faith. It, it, it demonstrates trust in the Lord, trust in the sovereign God, trust in the God who is good, and he is all wise. He's never made a mistake. He never will. He can't. If God can make a mistake, he's not God. And the, the, Let's just forget it and go home. But if, but if God is God, he cannot make a mistake. God cannot be confused. Can, God cannot know. God cannot be in control. He is always in control. He always knows. He always has a plan. He's always doing a million things, and it's always for the believer's good in his glory. Well, you may not even see it in this life, but no one in that last day, no one will shake a fist at God and accuse God. For every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Some to exaltation and others to damnation. But every, every, every voice, every tongue, every, every mouth, because he is, he is good. And so I'm to be a grateful person. I just put them here. They've been taught well from this pulpit many, many times, but just some specific scriptural reasons to be thankful in the middle of that um, page. Thanksgiving was a constant example of Christ. You look at Christ's life and you, you read the scriptures. I'm, I put some of them there for you, but you'll see that he's, he's constantly thanking his Father. Um, if you turn to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ and you see the throne room in heaven, current and future, you will see that around that throne, the primary activity of heaven is praise and worship and thanksgiving. It's always included. It's there. It's prominent. That's what's going on in heaven. Thanksgiving is always the missing attribute in the unbeliever's life. Let me just say something here, honestly and with a heart of love. Coming to Grace and Granite doesn't make you a believer. Coming to Timberlake Baptist Church on Sundays doesn't make you a believer. Going to small groups doesn't make you a believer. Faith in Christ alone and his finished work is the only thing that makes you a believer. And if you've been regenerated by the spirit of the living God, you will be thankful. Did you hear me? You cannot not be thankful. And so we're all in progress. We're, we're all at work. But if I'm speaking to you this morning in a foreign language, when I talk to you from the scriptures and exhort you to the fact that we're to be thankful at all times, that part of our prayer life and a part of our, our life as we go through the day is to be one of gratitude and, great, and, and, and gratefulness, and that's expressed and it's demonstrated. If that's foreign to you, if I were you, I'd fall on my face before God and beg for his mercy because something's very, very wrong. Thanksgiving is always a missing attribute in an unbeliever's life. Thanksgiving is commanded for Christ's followers. And you can't survey the New Testament without seeing that it's repeatedly commanded and demonstrated throughout the New Testament. I, I gave you a bunch of verses there. 
I'll call your attention to some of the commands, like Philippians 4, 6, about the fourth one down. You're very familiar with this. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Look at Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Paul, again, in Colossians 4.2, continue, uh, as Tim elaborated uh, on his first point Sunday morning, the, the continuation, it's not, it's not a one-time thing. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and it fills you full of gratitude. And that gratitude, you, you continue in prayer with thanksgiving. It's something that you're you're growing in, and and, and you continue, and the, and the Spirit of God does that. You you continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Psalm thirty four said that I will bless the Lord at all times; His praise will continually be in my mouth. Look what look what Paul says in First Thessalonians five eighteen. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Because you can be sure if it happened to you, what's the next thing say? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so give thanks in it. You don't have to be thankful for it, but give thanks in it. Give thanks that there's a sovereign God ruling over all of this. And, and you give thanks in faith. Like the verse in Hebrews eleven thirteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. We, we, we offer that sacrifice. It's like the, the incense on the altar, the sweet-smelling incense. In, in, in Corinthians, we're, we're told that, that people that don't have Christ and aren't walking in the Spirit have the smell of death. But believers, we have the, we have the fragrance of life. And, and part of that fragrance should be that incense that goes up to God in the sacrifice. Like when the priest would throw the incense on the altar and the smell would fill the temple. We'd give them the sacrifice of, of praise to God continually and the fruit of our lips giving thanks in his name. It's part of a believer's life. It's who we are. It's what we do and good time of the year to ask God to grow us in that area. Amen? Look at that last page. Just some, maybe some practical helps. These overlap a lot, but I like to talk through these, particularly with men. So what have we learned from all of this, and how do we apply it practically? Well, to begin with, learn to give thanks independent of feelings. Learn to give thanks independent of feelings. We are to be people of faith, and we're, we're driven by his word, not by feelings, right? And sometimes we, we feel thankful, other times we don't, but we still give thanks at all times. But, but that has to be practiced. That's learned. Paul said in Philippians 4 that he had learned, whether he abound or whether he abased, whether he had plenty or whether he was hungry, he had learned in all things... To be content. You know, to be content is to be thankful. To be thankful for what you do have as opposed to be grumbling about what you don't have. Being content with the circumstance and the situation that you're in 
in humility causes you to be a man like Paul who has a thankful heart and who's always given praise and thanksgiving, giving to God. So we, we have to practice this. God gives us a lot of opportunities. I'm guessing today that most of us will have at least one opportunity to, to be thankful in our heart and to offer a prayer silently, no doubt, of thanksgiving for a particular situation, knowing that it's the will of God, even though we don't feel like it. How many think that maybe something will come into your life today, maybe even one little thing, like you're five minutes late for work and you get behind somebody that's going two miles an hour, you know, you can give, you can give thanks. You can give thanks, right? right? Uh, even if you don't feel like it. But it's when you learn to do it with a little, that when you get smacked with a big one, you, you've already got the... What is that word that you've um, been trying to teach me, Brother Mark, when it comes to my, my Glock 19? Muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory. You know what I mean by muscle? You didn't know I had a Glock 19, do you? Walk into my house unannounced in the middle of the night, you'll find out. Muscle memory. When you need it, you have to have already learned it. That's what Paul's talking about. I have learned. So we learn in little things when we don't feel it. We learn in little things to be thankful. To be thankful. God's in control. He's sovereign. He's good. He's at work here. I may not understand it, but so you learn in all the little things, and that helps you for the big things. Learn to give thanks for life's small and ordinary blessings. Uh, there's no way I can go over this without feeling like I'm patting myself on the back, and I don't know my own heart. I don't know the level of my own deception, so maybe I am. Uh, I'll grant you that. But I can't imagine my wife serving a meal, any meal, and me not thanking her. Uh, I can't imagine notice, not noticing that she put the dishes in the dishwasher and not thanking her. That would be foreign to me. And may I say something that should be foreign to you? My wife is not my slave. She's not my slave. She's my wife. I cherish her and I love her. And she does those things because she loves me. So last time you thank your wife for a clean iron shirt or, or whatever. You got a son or a daughter it's their chores. It's what they're supposed to do. Took out the garbage. When was the last time you thanked your son for taking out the garbage? How many times have you come to Grace and Granite this year and drank that cup of coffee? How many times? How many times have you thanked whoever it was that got up early and went and got that coffee for you? so that you'd have it. How many times have you <laughs> enjoyed that food over there? How many times have you thanked somebody for it? Do you see how easy it is to go through life and not be thankful for anything? I mean, to really, if you were to look at all of your life, to be a pretty thankless person and just take things for granted rather than gratitude? And, and so we, we, need to, we need to learn to look at small. Those are all small things. 
But they were blessings, aren't they? I love that cup of coffee in the morning, don't you? Aren't you glad somebody goes and gets that for you? That food, that, that's new. We haven't, we haven't always had that. That's new. That's, that's pretty neat, isn't it? I mean, somebody had to do that. Somebody sacrificed that we could have that. But, but are we alert to those things? Do you see what I'm getting at? I hope you do. Learn to be intentional in looking for blessings and trials. Okay, so the thing happened, you know, whatever it is. And, and it's disappointing to you, it's frustrating to you, it's discouraging to you. So you, you, the muscle memory, I, I give thanks in this thing. Uh, Lord, I, 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 I thank you. You're doing something here. I don't see what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is, but open my eyes. Open my eyes that, I'm, that I might have a spiritual insight and be able to see what it is here that in this I can be thankful for. You'll be amazing what God will start to show you as you respond to that way. Call it rainbows or silver linings. But you see, here's, here's what our tendency is. We become people that in every frustration and every disappointment and in every trial... We, we, we study the trial, the disappointment, and the aggravation rather than lifting our eyes up unto the hills from one cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I ask that Lord after I thank him for the situation to open my eyes to see what is it, Lord? Elijah, <laughs> Elijah said to the young man, Lord, opened his eyes that he might see and he looked around and saw the chariots of fires. Ask God to give us a vision to be able to see what he's doing in difficult situations and look for the good, look for the grace, look for the sanctification that's taking place, the testimony that's being that's being built. Learn to set aside regular times to express thanksgiving and praise without making any other request. I'd encourage you to do this this week. Take a, take a, a stopwatch if you want. I know you don't have a stopwatch, but you know, your iPad, your, your, your you know, what do you call those things? No, no, nobody has wristwatches except you or me. Um, the, the, the eye things, you know, I see how you look at I me. Mean, you, you can do your email on here and you're checking the internet and the stock market and all, you know, that, that thing. And, you know, anyhow, set it. I'd like to tell you to set it for three minutes, but if I set it for three minutes, it'll defeat 99% of you in here. So don't set it for three minutes. It's too much for you. Let's set it for one. Go someplace alone. Get on your knees. Go. And start thanking God and do nothing for one minute. Do nothing. But don't stop. But for one minute, do nothing except give God thanksgiving and praise. See how that goes. See how that goes. If you can get through a minute, then try three. Look at the Psalms. I mean, how shallow are we if, if the only thing I can do is do like a little girl or a little boy? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my eyesight. Well, I am thankful for my eyesight. Praise God for it. 
But dig deeper. Dig deeper. And you won't do that if you don't spend some time with it. And, and, and God, in the Psalms, can show you how. Psalm 103 is, is particularly rich at, at that. Learn to express thanks publicly for how God has blessed you and how others have blessed you. Let me say something. This is very, very powerful. This is marriage tip number two. You've already had one today, so this is marriage tip number two. I'm going to add this. Marriage tip number two, parenting number one. I think I already gave you some parenting tips too, but uh, anyhow, here you go. Find your wife doing something that flows out of godly character and praise her publicly for it. By publicly, I mean so somebody else hears it besides her. Do you know what that will do for her? Honestly, really. Do that with a son or a daughter. Maybe that's just thanking them and exhorting them in thanksgiving and praise um, in front of the other siblings. Maybe it's in, in front of your spouse. But do that. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed what it does for that person. It'll, it'll help motivate them to want to continue to grow in that character and do whatever it is you said. Uh, do you realize how often it is that what we're saying to people, uh, especially those that we love the most, we're, we're correcting them? Um, there's nothing wrong with speaking the truth in love and correcting people, but I'm, I'm just suggesting we ought to spend a lot of time, like Paul did, thanking them for the fruit that we see. Thank your wife for the fruit. And then it, it, it's even more powerful if you thank her in, in front of somebody else. If you're a boss, if you have people that work for you, it's wonderful if you'll thank an employee, thank a co-worker. But you put a square root on a sign if you thank them in front of somebody else, if you thank them in, in, in front of others. And, and it's good encouragement. It's a, God, it's, it's a godly encouragement. And, and, and Paul's doing that in all of his letters. Especially towards the end, he's, 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 he's thanking and he's naming names. Except for Philippians in the middle when he names those two ladies. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, yeah, yeah. Do, learn to do it publicly uh, and, and sincerely. Learn to demonstrate and express gratitude towards others regularly. I gave you the reason why. Uh, I gave you a little song there, and the reason I do that is because I sing this so often. Um, yes, it's trite. Yes, it's old. No, it's not trite. It's not trite. It's powerful, but it's old. But just thanking the Lord for your salvation. Look at the back sheet. I'm not going to go through all of that because we're out of time. But there's four things there that you could take home that will be uh, a treasure uh, to you um, in working with your family. And so it's it's very practical. It'll help you if you if you're looking and you're saying, so how do I leave this place and actually put this into my life now or in the future? Um, and, and so uh, it's very self-explanatory. There's no reason for me to go through it. You can all read, but it'll be helpful to you. And, and it'll be a blessing to you. And, and I can tell you, every, every single thing that's on here, I've, I've done many, many times. Uh, I, I started with my children when they were younger. Um, I, I, the, the very first time that I, that I ever did this, we did it in the month of Thanksgiving. You'll see people do this on the, on the Internet, social media now for, for Thanksgiving. But we took a calendar for the 
month of uh, Thanksgiving in the calendar that's got the squares on it where you could write. And I had two children, so there'll be the four of us. And we would gather the family for family devotions uh, in our prayer time, which because the children were fairly young, we, we, we kept it short. But what we did is we, we would take and we made it a game. And the game was we would each give one thing that we were thankful for and we would write it in the box. And then we would just take and have a short time of prayer as a family for each of the things that we listed. And so, you know, you, you start out, that sounds like this is going to be easy. So, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for my food, thankful for clothes, I'm thankful for eyesight, I'm thankful for mommy. Okay, there's four things. Now, we, we pray for those four things, very brief prayer. You come back day two. The only thing is on day two, you cannot repeat anything that's in the first square. And that sounds easy until you get to about day 10. And, and now the, the, the children, it's a, it's a game to them because I say, you know, I'm, I, I'm thankful for the supper we have. Now, Dad, you can't use that because back here we already said we're thankful for food. Uh, okay, and, and what you're doing is you're creating a looking, a, a longing. How and what is there around me that I'm taking for granted that I need to be grateful for and, uh, and, and work your way all the way up to, to Thanksgiving. And you'll be uh, amazed at what it does. I know this is late because Thanksgiving is next week, so you could start that on Thanksgiving morning and do it all the way up to Christmas, and it would be a wonderful, um, it would be a, a wonderful ascent um, to when we celebrate uh, the Incarnation. So uh, I give that to you. Uh, I trust it'll be um, a blessing to you. I hope this has been a been a benefit. Uh, let's go be thankful people for the glory. God, the nurture of uh, those that God has given us to care for, and um, the example of all of those people that watch us. Father, thank you that you're such a loving, gracious, good, benevolent God. Thank you for um, the fact that we have a home in heaven, and that we look to that day when we will be gathered with others around the throne right this minute, worshiping you, giving you praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving to the only one who truly deserves that kind of, of praise. You and you alone are worthy. Father, I pray you will grow us as men uh, in this area. We'll thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for these men here, for the attentiveness that, that they have given to this lesson. Lord, this is, a, this is an appointment of God. This isn't any kind of a, a circumstance or a happenstance. This was an appointed time for every one of us because you want to do a particular work in our hearts. And so we're grateful for that. What grace it is that we have been here today and we have looked at your word. Make us more like the Savior. Today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great day.